Hi everyone, it's wonderful to welcome you to a new series that we're going to do, Helping Others to Freedom. And there's a twofold objective in doing this. This series will hopefully give you some biblical principles that will bring freedom into your own Christian life. And it also will help you if you're desiring to help other people to freedom and much of what I'm going to share here is within my book Breaking Through Barriers to Blessing but this series is specifically to help you and give you the tools to help yourself and help others and all the resources will be available below um, in the comments to download if necessary. Today we're going to look at some biblical foundations and considerations for freedom ministry and we're going to read from Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 4. I call this the the mandate of Messiah, the mission statement of Messiah, what God sent Jesus into the world to do. And we see it's all about freedom. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus said, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And right away we see that the heart of God is a healer. And our God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And he sent Jesus Christ, the great physician and saviour into the world to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who were bound. And uh, I, I want to encourage you as you do this series, we're not going to have time to delve into everything to do with the healing ministry of Jesus. But I want you to be encouraged to look into the grace of God. What is the true grace of God? God reaches down to us, not us trying to accomplish some kind of achievement to get to him and also the father heart of God and I have a series on that uh, on our website preachtheword.com you want to look into that to see how God really is toward us he wants to heal us where we are he doesn't condemn us but he wants to rescue us and bring us into freedom and wholeness and of course, this is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Don't overlook that. Whatever you do, this isn't about technique or just principles. This is about actually engaging with the Holy Spirit. And of course, in Acts 10, 38, Peter, when he was preaching in Cornelius' house, says of the ministry of Jesus that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. It's interesting how Peter joins healing with those who were oppressed of the devil. And we'll look into that in greater detail in later sessions. But I want you to see how this is a Holy Spirit ministry bringing the love of God through the victory of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus into our lives. So we want to be moving on to the anointing of God's Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit uh, as we engage in these studies session by session. The good news is this is something that's available to you as an individual. And Jesus said in John 14, 12, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, because I go to my Father. You will be able to engage in the freedom ministry of Jesus in other people's lives, and your own, of course. 
We see this also in Mark's version, if you like, of the Great Commission, Mark 16, 17 through 20. These signs will follow those who believe, Jesus says, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the, the Lord spoke to them, he was received up to heaven, sat down on the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. And I think verse 20 is a summary of the Acts of the Apostles. How they were moving on the anointing of the Holy Spirit, doing the ministry of Jesus, continuing his works, as chapter 1 of Acts says. And this was the job of the church. And so we've got to understand that the body of Christ today, who is Christ on the earth today? It's, it's us with the Holy Spirit within us, the Spirit of Jesus. We are meant to be doing the works of Jesus now on the earth. And one of them is setting people free and seeing, seeing healing in their lives. So let's lay this foundation in this first session threefold. First of all, we want to understand that this is a corporate commission to the body of Christ. Then the second thing is the power and authority that has been communicated to us. And thirdly, the context for freedom ministry is very important. So whether you need this ministry in your life yourself or whether you want to see this rolled out into other people's lives, friends, family and church, you need to grasp these foundational biblical principles as we consider them today. First of all, this is a corporate commission to the body. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and though I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. Now, that phrase, teaching them to observe all things, we kind of think of observe as just being an observer and watching witnessing an event but the word actually means more than that it means to obey or teach them to put into practice faithfully follow all i've commanded you and this is the classic discipleship or apprenticeship relationship we're going alongside jesus as the disciples did and observing what he did how he did it and doing it after him and that's what jesus wants us as the church to do this is a corporate commission to the body that we are to be engaged in healing and freedom ministry to see people move into the fullness and abundance of the life for which Jesus died that they might have. Second principle. Power and authority has been communicated to us to do this. Jesus said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. Now let me show you how this authority has been given. First of all, it was given to the 12, 12 disciples or apostles. We see this in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, and then read down verse 11. Then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Verse 11, but when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had need of healing. Matthew actually says in his gospel, chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, that Jesus spoke to the twelve and said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons freely you have received, freely give. So this was this mandate that Jesus gave the twelve disciple apostles to go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and do these signs and wonders. 
But we see that this wasn't reserved just for the twelve. Because a chapter later in Luke chapter 10, we see in verse 1, look at this, that he spoke to 70, or some versions say 72 disciples. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And if you go down to verse 17 to 20, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So Jesus sent the 70 or 72 disciples out with the same authority that he gave the 12 to do these signs, wonders, and miracles, and he said that he would be with them. They came back absolutely ecstatic because of what they saw. And Jesus remarked that he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Some people think that's referring to Satan's fall uh, at the very beginning of time. It may well be, but others believe that actually as the disciples were going out with the authority of Jesus, they were usurping the authority of the enemy in people's lives and Satan was falling from his high position of authority that people had given him through through their waywardness, their sin, and, and generational stuff. It's not amazing to think about that. But what I want you to see is this authority was given not just to the apostles, but to the 70 or 72. And then we see further, we've already read from Matthew 28, the Great Commission to all disciples. This authority was given to all believers. We've seen it also from Mark 16. These signs shall follow all who believe. So this is given to the church. And as you see this little chart before you, you'll see it comes out. The authority is the Lord Jesus. It belongs to him. The power belongs to him. But he has given it. He has devolved it to the 12, to the 70, 72, and to all who will believe in him right to this very moment. So this is a corporate commission to the body. And the power and the authority has been communicated to all believers who will believe. And so it's vital that we understand biblical power and authority and the difference between the two. Now sometimes these Greek words are translated the same in uh, our English translations, but they don't always have the same meaning in the original Greek. The, the word for authority is exousia, and the word for power is dunamis, the word we get uh, dynamite from in our English. But there's a difference between uh, these words. And let me illustrate it to you like this. Satan, before he fell, was called the covering cherub of God. We get that idea from Ezekiel 28. And so he had this very special role, it would seem, in the throne room of God, where he covered over the glory of God in some way, at a, a covering ministry. And he had authority to do it from God. God had appointed him in that position, but he also had power to do it. And you see, you need both. If you're to operate legally in the spiritual realm, you need the power and the authority of God. Now, when Satan rebelled and was cast out of heaven, he didn't lose his power. Who knows that Satan has a lot of power still in the world today? God didn't take his power away from him. But his authority was taken away from him. 
okay? And Satan's great desire was to get authority to use his power. And so that's why he creeps into the Garden of Eden. And he, he's got a lot of power, but he needs authority to exercise it in the kingdom of men. And of course, he wants to get that authority from Adam and from Eve. Now, please, this is a very important spiritual principle that's going to follow through right, right into each session that we, we're learning. But it was by Adam and Eve's choice, by their obeying the voice of the enemy, by agreeing, coming into agreement with Satan, that they put Satan in a position of authority. And Satan gained authority over their lives and over our lives as a consequence. Satan didn't care about man or whether God was in some way robbing man of, of an opportunity to know the difference between good and evil. He isn't interested in mankind. All he's interested in is in using us and abusing us in order to gain authority, to have his way and to exercise his power. And so Satan has much power, but here's a spiritual principle. He only has the authority that we give him. Now sometimes other people can give him authority on our behalf if we're under their authority in some way and we'll explore this so parents can do that or guardians could do that or spiritual leaders can do that when they give way and authority to the enemy sometimes they, they they give the enemy power in our lives but the wonderful good news of the gospel is we don't have to live under his authority or his power because jesus died on the cross and when he died on the cross he took back as as a man as a representative of the human race he, he took back the authority of Satan and now we can live under God's authority and under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But it's vital that we really get to, to grips with this issue of spiritual power and authority. It's so important. Let me illustrate it to you again like this. Um, think of a police officer, the difference between a police officer and a criminal or a robber. A police officer wears a uniform, he's got the badge, in other words, he's got the authority to bear arms. So he has a gun, but he's also got the right to bear those arms. But a criminal or a robber, he may have the power in that he has the firearm, but he hasn't the authority to carry it. It's an illegal power and he's using it illegally. Okay? And that's the difference between God's authority and moving under God's authority with his power and moving illegally like Satan does and giving wrong authority in our lives. Now, another way to understand this is that police officer could step out of the boundary of God's authority in the sense of he could decide, well, I'm going to use my firearm um, to go hunting on a Saturday morning when I'm off. Now, that's an illegal use of God-given power. I know this is deep stuff, but it will help you because you need to appreciate there's a higher authority. And rights to do certain things must come from God. And if we operate outside of those rights, we're in a legal territory where the enemy can get power into our lives and authority. It's also important if you're ministering to other people to know that your power and authority doesn't come in the sound of your voice. Sometimes when you get into healing ministry and people talk about deliverance, it can be a lot of shouting and dancing and all sorts of weird stuff goes on. Satan does not respond to the tone or, or the volume, the decibels of your voice. He responds to the authority 
that you're moving under. It's not your position, whether you're a pastor or a Christian leader. It's not even your experience. It's understanding that you are moving under the authority, the Lordship of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that's what gives you the right to tell the devil to get out of people's lives and to bring the healing of Jesus into their lives. So it's, it's important to realize that with rights come boundaries. Uh, you remember God said to Adam and Eve, don't eat of all the trees of the garden you can eat. Everything's yours, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we have a lot of questions about that. But we've got to recognize that there are boundaries and there's authority. And I would encourage you, with, with healing ministry, operate as far as you can under the the um, accountability of a group of other believers and a fellowship of uh, Christians don't be a lone ranger in this because a lot of damage can be done by people who go off and do these things on their own and uh, try to have yourself accountable to other people as you go about this so there's corporate commission in the body this is for the church there's power and authority communicated and there's a need for covering as we do this spiritual covering but here's the context to freedom and this is vitally important you've got to put yourself under the authority of Jesus and the Lordship of Jesus Christ is the first base, if you like, if you want to be set free from the bondage that you're experiencing. If you want to see others set free, you too need to be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. You can't give to others what you're not experiencing yourself. And there'll be more in our next session about this. But the danger is, um, some people think, oh, healing, deliverance is the answer. Or this is the key to everything that we've been missing. And there's no doubt about it, it has been missing to a large extent from the church. But it's not the key. It's a link in the chain. And I want to emphasize this. Um, though many churches are missing this piece, it's not everything. And it must happen in the context of the pursuit of God, in discipleship and the desire to really truly know intimacy with God and what holiness is. And this is vitally important. For so long, this type of ministry has been on the fringe of the church and it's been considered weird. That's sad, but the vision is that it would be brought into where it belongs, into the core of the church, but also to realize that it's not everything. That people need to be actually following as disciples of Jesus. They need to be committed to him. And it's in that process as he sanctifies us by the Spirit that we see the deepest change and the most lasting change of freedom. So can I encourage you to make sure that you're engaged in some way in a, a, a church that preaches the Bible, that you're interested in the gospel of the kingdom. Remember what Luke nine eleven said? Jesus welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and heal those who needed healing. But notice he first of all, after welcoming them, them all, and, and you're welcome, Jesus welcomes everybody. But then he teaches them about the kingdom, what it means to follow him. And then he heals those who need healing. You've got to understand something of the kingdom and what it is to be a disciple and what it is for Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. Some friends of mine who are involved in a, or, or an international organization that is a, a healing ministry said to me a while back that um, they had various phone calls and inquiries about um, uh, appointments for prayer to see people uh, they were looking to be set free and delivered. And um, 
this ministry was not at liberty to pray with everybody that, that rang up, but they did encourage them to come along to some of their seminars and their courses in order to hear the teaching of the Word of God. And then they would see a, a greater um, ability to, to um, receive the change in the healing that Jesus brings because it's the Word and the Spirit together. But they said to me that a lot of people didn't want that. They wanted the healing, but they didn't want the teaching. And right away, the alarm bells and the, the, the red flashing lights go for me because this is not about a quick fix. I mean, who of us don't have problems? And we want to flick a switch and we want everything to be made right and then we go back to our old lives with all our sinful habits and selfish indulgences. That is not what the gospel of the kingdom is about. That's not what being a disciple of Jesus is about. What it's about is being overwhelmed by his love so much, his desire to heal us and make us whole, that he doesn't want to leave us the way we are, but he wants to change us and transform us to actually enjoy and partake of the love and the life that he has with the Father and the Spirit. That's Christianity. That's what you're being invited into. And in order for that to happen, listen, you need, and the people you're ministering to, need to realize that the first step is to submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, His authority. To take your hands off the steering wheel, to submit to His authority as opposed to maybe the authority of the enemy that has been given rights in your life over the years. That's the first important step because as you see from this statement, it's all about empowerment. And you empower whatever you give authority to. You empower whatever you give authority to. So can I ask you, before we move on to our, our next session, what are you empowering by having given authority? What is empowered in your life? You're struggling, you're in bondage. But look past that for a moment to say, how did this get a right in my life? Where did the authority come from for this to operate? Did I give the enemy that authority? Or did someone else give that, the enemy the authority? My parents or some other um, guardian or authority figure? Now the good news is I believe many of you are going to be set free through this series and many of you are going to be um, uh, empowered to see others set free as you pray with them and disciple them and move with them in the body. And so I'm so encouraged about that. And let's just pray before we move on to our next session. I'll be giving you more tools next time. There'll be a Lordship prayer and everything. But, but please hang in there with us. Um, but it's important to lay this foundation we need to be under the authority of Jesus Christ as Lord. So Father, we come to you and we thank you for sending Jesus, who is the expression of your heart and your mind to us. He loves us and he wants to save us. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you anointed him to do all these great deeds of freedom and transformation in our lives. And so we just want to say, Lord, as you welcomed those when you were on the earth, Lord Jesus, Lord, we welcome you to come and to start to minister the kingdom of God into our lives and bring the freedom and the healing that we need through the power of your cross that is already finished. It's already done. We just need to work it out through faith in you. And I pray for those watching, Lord, now that they would 
submit to the Lordship of Jesus, that they would bow the knee to you, Lord Jesus, and say, I give you authority. I mightn't have it all sorted and I don't understand and don't really know how to get free, but I, I take my will and I say, yes, Lord Jesus, I submit to you and I give you authority over every area of my life. Come and help me now. And Lord, I pray for those who want to bring the healing ministry of Jesus into other people's lives. Lord Jesus, would you help them to minister as you ministered under the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the truth and the power of the gospel of the kingdom to see transformation and change in people's lives. So travel with us, Lord, we pray, and do great things through the power of your word. For Christ's sake, we ask these things. Amen.